All I'm asking for is that it continues to grow, continues to prosper, and we continue to make wonderful people. Can I have your attention for a moment? What's good, Revolution? Welcome to the Western Revolution Show, a show for men and the people who love them, where we discuss how men can find and embrace the revolution within themselves. I am your host, Dr. Charles Corprew. What's good, revolutionaries? I love saying that you know that. What's good? And I love calling you all revolutionaries because you are my people. And I know that you are transforming your lives. You are transforming your communities. You are transforming the world. And that is revolutionary every day. So as you wake up, right, as you look at yourself in the mirror, I want you to say, I am revolutionary. Even the smallest transformations in your life allow you to make sure that you have that mantra, that you are revolutionary, that you are changing, that you are getting better. And as we say here, you are finding the best version of yourself, revolutionaries. And so I'm so happy. I'm so happy to be on this journey with you on this ride. (laughs) And I've been on this ride for four years and it has been a joy. And if you check on all of our platforms, you'll know that I got to interview my first guest last week, Oliver Thomas, the consciousness of New Orleans. Guest number one, and we had a robust conversation about his current revolution, his fatherhood, how he is raising his son to make sure that he can stand up and be a part of any room, whether it be me, whether it be Barack Obama, whether it be Navy SEAL Jake Swig, that he can walk into any room and hold his head high. And speaking of Jake Swig, revolutionaries, over the next couple podcasts, I'll be interviewing some of my favorite guests over the last four years. And you revolutionaries have reached out to me and say, we need to hear Jake Swig again, former Navy SEAL, one of the first black Navy SEALs to ever be, ever be a part of this elite fighting force of America. If you remember Jake C, if you remember Jake Swig, he came with the fire the last time. Make sure that you go back to season one to listen to his initial interview. And so we said, I want to bring this brother back. And I know, I know everybody's not going to be like, dear brother, your friend. That's what he is. He's my chapter brother. I actually made him. He's a good bruh, right? Bruh, bruh. But he's one of the best people that you will ever meet. A loving father of three boys, a loving husband to his wife, Sarah, and one of my best friends. So I welcome back to the show, my man, former Navy SEAL, coach, former coach at the University of Illinois, the Navy SEAL whisperer, as I call him, Jay Swig. What's going on, dear brother? How are you? Bro, let's light this fire off. I some gasoline and a stick of TNT in there, brother. You know, it's interesting. I'm sitting here listening to you talk about this revolution, man. I've been on the forefront of the revolution my whole life. I've been a trailblazer and just a dude that goes about it his own way. You know, I pride myself in the fact that I got the same 10 friends from first grade as I got now. And they'll all tell you the same thing. That dude was rolling like that in the first grade. <laughs> so I appreciate that, man. I love that I can help you out on this on this podcast because I think there's a lot of people out there that just don't understand how to get it done. And that kind of segues into what I want to talk about today and what we're going to just get into, which is the, the problem with most of America is they don't understand the how. They may have all the smarts, they may have all the ability, they may have everything they need to be a rock star in America, they just don't have the how. They don't understand the roadmap or how to get there. 
That's a beautiful thing, Jake. And I, I love how you segue into this how, right? Because people, you know, you hear Simon Sinek talk about you got to know your why, right? You, you got to know your why. You got to know why you're doing these things, right? Four years ago, I started this show because the why was I didn't have like the foray into content that I needed as a black man to heal, to get better, right? But if I didn't know the how, if I didn't say, how am I going to do this? Where am I going to go? How am I even going to build this? Right. I could have been stuck at my wife for a long time, Jake. So look, let, let's just put it right there early. How do you get to this? How, right. You might have your why, but how do you move to this? How do I get, how do I move my why into how? So, you know, I, I all that philosophy crap ain't my deal, right? I'm a rubber meets the road type of dude. How do you get it done, right? And I've had experiences where I just lucked into something, like getting into the Naval Academy as a freshman in high school. And I've had other things that I had to work for seven years to get, like being a Navy SEAL, okay? But the formula is still the same. So that how is understanding what you're trying to do, right? Then going out and seeking guidance, getting some mentorship from somebody that's already done what you're trying to do. And then understanding all of the minutia between right now where I sit in this chair and running a $500 million company, okay? That doesn't happen by accident. It's very deliberate. Every day has to be deliberate in your actions. You have to have a plan. You have to work that plan. I'm gonna give you this awesome example. There's just, I had an incredible week three weeks ago. And this is going to hit home. I'm going to hit, I'm going to touch everybody's nerve endings in this one. Cause this was one of them weeks where you kind of step back at the end on Saturday. and was like, you popping collars like, damn, I just, that was, that was fire all week. Okay. So this is what happened. Um, I was on, I had my, my, I got a Friday zoom call at 7 PM for all the people in the world trying to be Navy SEALs. We now starting to get some older people on that zoom call. It's just your questions, my answers. They renamed it. They didn't like my branding. So now it's question and answer like anybody else. Okay. So there was a couple dudes on that call. And on that call, there was a, a young man who's in medical or wants to go to medical school from Norfolk State. You know, we both we, we both have ties to that area. So I was kind of like, all right, man, hey, look, get my email, shoot me an email, give me a call on Sunday. Okay. So boom, the phone rings. You know, I, I'm I don't I don't set parameters around these calls. I don't have any preconceived notions. I just, I want to make sure that I can avail myself to people that want to know the how, because I understand that, right? Like I, I can get anybody from where they are right now to where they want to go if they want to do enough work, mm. right? It, it's on them. Like I'm going to give them the steps they need to take, but then they have to take those steps. Right. Okay? right. So this young man hit me up on Sunday. Boom. We get on the phone. Dude, we talking. I said, damn, okay, this dude got some got some shit to him, man. Flat out. Like, this is this is a dude. So I said, hey man, what you taking the MCAT? He's like, Yeah, I took the MCAT. All right, what, what'd you get? 517. So here I am. I'm on my computer. <laughs> damn! 97 percentile. Okay. All right. What do you want to do? I want to go work. There's a tier one uh surgical unit at Fort Bragg. So tier one is the top level, they fly all over the world. They patch up SEALs and Green Berets and Rangers when they get shot up in, in firefights. I didn't ever even heard of it, but I know, you know, I know how to get stuff done. I know the how. So I said, okay, let's talk. I said, what about medical school? 
He said, well, I was trying to look at the military to figure out how to pay for medical school. So, okay. All right. I know exactly how that works. Boom. I know I got three or four doctors out there. I said, let's, let's put you together with some people. I said, okay. I said, how did you hear about the tier one uh, surgery unit? He said, oh, I, I do jujitsu with the dev group guy. And he was telling me about it. I said, okay, let's lay out the hat. So I don't know how to get him into medical school, but I know how to use the telephone. Yeah, you go. Uh, so I said, all right, first thing we're going to do, you call your buddy that you do jujitsu with every week and you get a contact for Fort Bragg. You're looking for the commanding officer. So boom, give him that little detail. I said, we want to try to get down there and do an internship, a follow on, right? We want to follow whoever's running it. We want them to see us as an African-American male and a really smart dude, okay? So we have to expose ourselves to them. I'll cover how he dresses. I'll cover what he's doing. And I'm going to get back to this because it's a little bit, it, it's going it's to hit the home with your audience so hard because of, of just how gritty and how, how like crazy it was that it happened this way, okay? So we, we're going to reach out to the Fort Bragg Tier 1 unit. We'll get a contact. We'll try to go down. Okay, boom. Fast forward. Okay, and what's the next thing we need to do? I'm going to put you in contact. I have a young man contacted me about a year ago. He's in his final year of residency up at NYU in medical school. He wants to be a neurosurgeon, but he wants to start a biotech company. He wants to do all this stuff. Okay. So I reeled him in, got an amazing internship in the summer. He didn't have one. I, I, I taught him the how. So I hooked the two of them up, Lit and I hooked my dude up. Okay, Gary. Gary and Lit. So I hooked the two of them up. I said, hey, you figure out what you need to do to go to medical school. Boom, boom, boom. I said, there's also, I Googled Norfolk State. There was a young man from Norfolk State four years ago that went to Harvard Medical School. Okay. I said, reach out to this dude on, on uh, whatever social media you got. Find him. Call him. I don't care what you got to do. Go down to the admissions office. Get his information. Touch base with him. I'll talk to you tomorrow. So one of the things I do in my house is I don't give you a lot of time, man. I'm not going to give you three weeks to get back to me. Okay, that was three o'clock on Sunday. I said, you call me three o'clock tomorrow, man. We're going we're gonna to break some bread over how you getting stuff done. So the next phone call I had, like when I tell you humbled, I don't think humbled is the correct word when this dude called me. Okay, 24 hours. And he calls me and this is how he said, Jake, he said, I don't know how I can repay you ever in life. I said, okay, so what we got? He said, okay, I'll start with the first one. He said, I talked to the guy at Bragg. He's, he, I got the retired commanding officer. He has a medical practice right there in, in, in Vietnam. Uh, he invited me down in March, or I'm sorry, in February to come down and stay at his house and do a two-week internship with him. Okay, chat. All right. I said, okay, what's next? I talked to LeWitt. I said, I got everything I need to do. I have to get published in a paper. I got to be the first writer to get into medical school. It really helps. Um, I talked to my doctor that I've been volunteering with here in town. He has a paper that I can rewrite and be first editor on. Okay, chat. All right. We good? He said, nah, this is the best one. Okay, what you got? He said, yo, I, I talked to, I called the guy from Norfolk State. I had breakfast with him this morning at Starbucks, okay? And I said, well, I, you know, we ain't, shoot, this is COVID, right? Like, he was like, look, we met at Starbucks. So okay. 
He said five minutes into the conversation, he asked me what my my uh, MCAT was. I told him five seventeen. He said, "Listen." He says, "You get closer to the application process when we get they, the application is due in June." He said, "I'm gonna personally get on a plane with you. We're gonna fly up to Harvard Medical School, and I'm gonna personally introduce you to all of the professors and the admission staff." Okay. So he telling me this shit. I'm getting goosebumps right now, right? And I just, all I did was like, yep, that's how we do. Right? Give me the right piece of clay with the right body in it, and I can build anything you want to build with yourself. Okay? So you would say to yourself, damn, that's a, that's a hot-ass week. Not in my world, partner. Not in my world. So this is, this is Monday night. I'm on gas, right? I got seven doctors on my spreadsheet right now. I got seven of them. And now we're building this conglomeration of just... And they're all minorities, all black dudes, all black power. We're building this conglomeration of black doctors. And now they starting to understand that what they're trying to do isn't undoable, right? Like they, it's doable. Like I can go do it, okay? So take a young man from Norfolk State, Gary, doesn't really know how to get it done. Then Gary says, hey, my roommate needs to talk to you. Gary's roommate, black wrestler from Maryland, Maryland State champion, wants to be a Navy SEAL. Now we just knocking down bowler pins, okay? So I wake up Tuesday morning. I'm like, yo, we had a good one yesterday. And I got a message from my boy Chewy. So Chewy plays safety for us over at Finley. Great dude, Nigerian, smart. So I call him. Boom, Chewy, what you doing? He's like, yo, I'm trying to go in this PA program. It's okay. I said, hey, Chewy, who do you know in a PA program, right? He's like, Jake? I said, who do you know? My, he's like, Feds. Feds was in, he in the PA program. I said, my dude. So we had one of his teammates win the Air Force as a pharmacist. He was in the same program. So we're talking on Zoom. I recorded all this. It's on my YouTube, okay? So boom, we get on the phone. Chuck is crazy. We call feds in the middle of the call. He in the pharmacy dealing out pills. He's like, yo, Chewy, you trying to come to PA program. He's like, yeah. He's like, call me, dude. I got you. I'll put you in contact with everybody. Okay. So that was an easy one, right? Just make the connection. Get them to understand the how. So boom, get off the phone. He had already gotten into Lake Erie, right? Their PA program. So we sitting there Thursday, I get a phone call. He's screaming, yo, yo. I said, what's up, Chewy? He said, I got in a Wake Forest. They gave me a full scholarship and $8,000. I said, cool, dog. I said, what you going to do? He said, yo, I think I'm still going to go in the military in the PA program also. So I'm sitting back and I'm like, yo, was it really that hard? Okay. Was it really that hard? Was life that hard? No. You just got to reach out to the dude that know the how. And I ain't never been a doctor. I ain't never been a PA. Ain't been none of that stuff. But I know this. I know how to do it. And I know who to call to help them with the why and the how and the how to. Right. So now I'm just sitting back and waiting. We wait on June. You know what I'm saying? He went down. Uh, Gary went down to uh, last week. Or two weeks ago spent, he might still be down there. He had yeah, two weeks with the doctor, man. Doctor said, man, you're going to live in my house. So he's living in a retired colonel's house, going to work with the doctor every day at the practice. The doctor's vetting him. 
The doctor's vetting him every day. He's vetting him. I told him, I said, you just give everything you got. I said, we went through his wardrobe. We went through everything that he was taking down there to wear every day to the office. Okay. We covered every aspect of, of minutia that, that could possibly go wrong when this elder statesman doctor is examining him and what he's really doing is vetting him for the unit. Okay. So I'll, I'll get an update here shortly, but when I called him in the middle of it, he said he was killing. He said, Jake, this is awesome. This dude is awesome. He truly, he's truly trying to help me out. So well, I'll give y'all that fire to start this podcast, big <laughs> chunk, because that's how we do it over here. That's how we do it. That is, that is exactly how we do it, man. And what I love, what I love, and so revolution as you were here, that I was quiet, right? Because when you're here, when when you get like the formula, like Jake just gave you, you just got to sit back and listen. But I want to, I want to pick some pieces out for my revolutionary, hey, Jake. Get your, get your pickaxe out. Let's go. I'm, I'm here to talk. Let's you know, go. I want to pick, pick that up because what it has, there are a couple things in there. Those, these people trust you, right? You're seeing if we, if we think about this from right? This elder, you know, as, as we said, you know, um, unfortunately I will be 50 before you, but we're, we're turning 50 this year. Yep. Right. And so it's, it's a wonderful year for us, but what it means is that at 50, we have had life experiences. You know, we, we, we've traveled along the way. We've met a number of people. We've, we've established a network, you know, and if, if, if we think about Jake, right. One of those things that we talk about that as we ascend in this world, as we ascend in this life, and you know where I'm going, we've got to be able to reach back, right? I mean, dog, I tell you right now, I do what I do because I lift this, I climb, right? Yes. And I don't want anybody to have to have the knee pads and the elbow pads because I was falling a hard concrete at 100 miles an hour, <laughs> right? And I'm trying to, I'm trying to make it easier on the next generation to just be great, man. Like. You know, I got lucky, man. I got I got a naval academy with a 240 SAT English, completely wow. illiterate. You can't do that in 2021. But mm. I was in 1984, so I pulled it off, right? So, bro, I, I can't say that enough to you. Um, like that's my my wife says, man. If anybody ever paid you to do what you do, like it wouldn't change a single thing you do. And that's it's one of the passion. things. Like to your point, like. I'm super passionate about growing talent. But my other thing is, like, I don't have a, there ain't a bad bone in my body when it comes to, like, telling the truth, fibbing, lying. Like, I'm going to tell you what I think is best for you. And if I don't have enough wisdom and knowledge to guide you in that in that solution, you know, a lot of guys are asking me, should I go in the off Army as an officer or should I enlist in the Navy SEALs? I said, listen, man, I'm never enlisting in the Navy SEALs when I can go in the Army as an officer, but only you can make that decision. I said, but if you call me when you enlist in the Navy and, and it ain't what you thought it was, all I'm going to do is laugh at you and hang the phone up because I don't have time for nonsense. Right? No, so, Jake, yeah, yes. you know, it, it, it goes back to like when we think about lifting as we climb, you know, we, we build on this mentorship piece. So we talk about trust. We talk about the perception that you're an expert, right? You're knowledgeable enough to lead people. Yep. People don't just just call on Jake Swig and say, you know, what, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna willy nilly them, right? I'm just gonna willy nilly call Jake. No, you know when you pick up that phone. Even I do that, right? And you're my boy. Like I do that because I call you. To, I need that push, right? Because I know what I'm gonna get. 
And so yeah, because because I'm not I, I'm gonna give you fire. Yeah, right? like because I'm not I'm yes. not I, I'm not dealing in in apathy. I'm not dealing in next week. I'm not dealing in tomorrow. I'm dealing in right now, right here today at one oh three Central Standard Time. What do I got to do to win right now? What do you got to do? And 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 that's the thing. And too many of us, right? And, and I'll say that, right? Too many of us, you know, as we think about this, how? And I, you know, I, I fall into that category myself, right? Putting those quick timestamps on, like, all right, Dick has given you the plan, like execute. The how is about executing the plan. We can understand the why all we want, right? If I thought four years ago with this show, like I, my why is because I want to help black men, men of color succeed, right? And so that's why I'm building this podcast. But the how was, okay, who did I need on my team? I needed Rachel. I needed Susan. I needed Jazz. I needed WBOK. We had to figure out a format, right? We had to then get the guests. We had to figure out how we were going to market it. And then we had to implement this plan. And we couldn't Wait, and what you're saying is, is that when you go to Jake, when you go to any mentor in your life, right, the person who is the sage, the person who has been through this, who does not want you, as you say, to be on those elbow pads and knee pads, there is a timestamp that you got to do this because guess what? Kobe's, Kobe would love to make this statement posthumously is that the biggest mistake that we have in life is the belief that we have time. Oh, yeah, brother. So, so you know what's interesting? I don't know how you're feeling as an elder statesman, but for the last two years, the sense of urgency on my ass with that heater has been astronomical, okay? And I got three kids. They're young. Like I, the, the first sense of urgency I have is they not who I want them to be right now. And they're probably never going to be what I truly want them to be, but they're going to be the best versions of themselves right now. But I have not, because I've been raising everybody else's kids, I have not given my kids their pound of, of flesh, okay? So like that's the first thing that's been under my, just lighting a fire on me, okay? The next thing is, I've been working for menial wages for the last 15 years. I love what I did, but now the sense of urgency under my butt is I got to get some stuff done financially. I can retire right now. I'm not saying it like I'm broke, I'm destitute. But financially, I have to get my family in a position that if I depart, my family's going to be okay. And so, you know, that urgency, man, like I literally right now, I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven irons in the fire. Okay. All three of them are different. So I got this, oh, eight. I got TV show. I got all this. I'm going to call it success because I'm not about no diversity and inclusion. I'm about success. Okay. I got the success stuff going on. I got the success stuff with seven different entities and I got it with corporate America going on. Right. And I got all these things going on and people are like, yo, what are you doing all day? Like I spent all morning on the, on the, on the, on the air with TV all morning. The last four hours I've been burning it up with a bunch of people trying to give me my own TV show. And put me back on TV. And who should I partner with? And what I should do? And I made calls on uh, Saturday to talk to the people that I respect in the business to get some guidance on those conversations that were coming. Right? But, like, my urgency is I could be dead tomorrow, but I'm going to get as much done today as I can. Yes. You know, and I think, like you're saying, a lot of people, oh, I'll wait till the weekend. Right? I'll I'll wait till next month. And then next month comes. 
Like everybody talk about 2020 as this year they want to forget, Mad Dog 2020, all this crazy stuff. Bro, all I did was print greatness in 2020. All mm. I did was run down the tracks at light speed, make a master class, get a website up, do all this stuff. And and because every day I attacked it like a savage, right? Every right. day I went hard in the paint, trying to get all them rebounds so Kobe could score points. <laughs> we don't have time, you know, and, and and our brother Kobe, you know, you know, shows us that that even in the greatness of our lives, it can be short. COVID has shown us that, you know, over five hundred thousand people's lives have been taken. Many, you know, shortly. You know, you you don't think that you look back and at the beginning of this, that five, you know, half a million people would lose their lives. I often say this, Jake, and I'm going to get back to our conversation, is that I feel like we've been at the, you know, infinity war and Xanos has snapped his finger with the, with COVID, you know, and then all of a sudden we lose, you know, you know, one sixth of the population, right? It's just gone. And so it, it, it makes us think about like understanding what our how is and Listening to what you just said, I want you to talk about this because you made a comment and my, my revolutionists are going to ask me, like, why doesn't Jake talk about diversity, equity, inclusion? I want you to talk about this success aspect and how that differentiates from DEI work. Like, what is success and how does how does that differ from what people are clamoring or talking about within organizations and around the world? So, so I'm going to ruffle a bunch of feathers here because you know me, Chuck, I don't give a damn. I'm going to say it just like this. Diversity and inclusion is the biggest fraud in America right now. You got a bunch of fraudsters out there selling the fact that they can do diversity and inclusion. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know how to do it. They're all about the culture of the company. Like, like they're so far off. And then you go back to the quality of the person that's in diversity and inclusion. It's just normally a two or a three. Like you don't see high level executives come from the diversity and inclusion world because they got a bunch of really low average people in that community. Okay. And I'm saying that because now, now I'm dug into this community. Like I haven't seen anybody, I haven't met a single person in diversity and inclusion that I'm like, oh my God, like they're they're doing it right. They got it. They get it. And this is coming from a guy that, like, in the last 10 years, I gave the SEAL teams seven black SEAL officers. Do the math. They got 12 right now. That's eight more than they've ever had in the SEAL teams at any one point. It's a 300% increase in the last 10 years. Okay? So when I say I, like, I understand what I'm talking about, like, I tell everybody, like, I don't care what your PhD is in. I don't care. I got the street knowledge of how to get it done. And I got numbers to back up what I'm saying. So the success part of all this is I don't ever focus on the color of anybody's skin. I don't give a damn. I don't care if you're black, white, brown, or purple. I don't care if you're gay, lesbian. I don't give a damn any of that. All I want to know when I look at you, do I see a lot of potential in leadership and go get it? Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm evaluating you on all of your body language, not anything that comes out your mouth. Okay. And when you do that and you have a non-biased approach to hiring and promotions, what you see naturally is a level playing field and you have tons of diversity all around you. Right now, I've been on this massive run of women. Okay. I just, for whatever reason, like I got three younger, three young ladies that are in school here. They're all rock stars. Okay. I got a couple other young females out there 
So my number one rock star right now is a, a tenth grade. I'm sorry. Yeah, ninth grade uh, Indian, first generation Indian girl. Mom cleans hotel rooms. Dad is a cabbie. And she's a rock star. Got 4.0. She's four foot eight, 80 pounds. Savage. Wants to be a, wants to be a doctor. Okay. My first, I'm going to work for a company and start my own business, contracting to these other people. My first, first $40,000, I'm going to give her a full college scholarship. Mm. Why? Okay? Why? What, what, what makes her, you know, I usually don't like to use the term savage when we're talking about women, but I understand what you're saying. Like what makes her, what rises her to the top, right? What's that potential that you see that says Jake Swig is going to then invest in her? So look, I, I tell everybody like when you work in success, success breeds more success. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna throw this out there for you. This is John Maxwell, law of the lid. Tens higher tens, nines higher nines, threes and fours struggle to hire anybody. So you got people in diversity and inclusion sitting down there at three and four talking about changing the dynamic of your company but they can only hire threes and ones. I come in and I hire tens. Then I teach you how to hire tens. Then you hire tens and he black and he killing or he Hispanic and he's killing or he's, or she's Indian and she's laying waste to your company. And now you don't have any apprehension about hiring a minority. You just want to hire successful people. And it's magical how the transformation happens. I'm getting a call right now. You know, NASPEC war ain't necessarily my best friend. Okay, they don't like me. I, I don't like them. But you know what? I'm, no one's ever going to have the experiences I had in the SEAL teams. Okay? I got a bunch of people that love me in NASPEC war that can't vocally say that. And they called me and they were like, holy crap. The quality of your seven officers is astronomical. Thank you. <laughs> can, can we get some and this was the question to me how can we get some more my retort you don't want any more but don't worry about it because now that I'm I went big time on this whole Navy SEAL preparation stuff you ain't gonna be able to, to stop it now so my point to you is what did I see in my girl so I have this evaluation criteria and I'm not gonna talk about it too much you guys can Google dynamic leadership discovery on my LinkedIn. It's on their big article. You read it, Chuck, right? I'm a big body language dude. Like, like you got them skills. So I was doing this uh, at-risk youth leadership camp for the police department. And I had a whole day. And so in the morning, we talked about, about two hours. I, I talked, answer questions, talk, answer questions. She didn't stand out, man. Little meat thing, man, in the corner, just hiding out like tiny big, like, it was a bunch of eighth graders going into ninth grade. There was a couple big, burly black girls in there, okay? And a couple rough dudes, like, rough, you know, it was was the at-risk youth camp, okay? And so, boom, I'm in there. So then the second half, we had lunch. And then the second half, I'm going to evaluate these cats. We did it as a team building, but I wanted to evaluate, okay? So she got put in this group. We like to keep the females together, but whatever reason, we just says team building. So she was in a group with two African-American males. The two burly females were friends. And this other uh, really loud kind of defensive uh, Caucasian female. Okay? So the first station, I'm giving the directions. 
Instantly, she locked in. Just look. So we got some active listening going on. Mm. So then I said, okay. So I give the one-minute mission brief. They go to three-minute mission planning. Everybody start talking. She said, hey, everybody be quiet. I thought, oh. She said, this is what we're going to do. Okay. Joe, you and Bill are going to go stand at that table right there. Susie and G, you're going to go over there to that table. I'm going to be here with Rob. Okay. This is how we're going to do it. We're going to lift these cups up. We're going to do this. We're going to write this down. Here's a piece of paper for every table. Here's a pencil. When, when you get your stuff done, then we're going to come together in the middle and we're going to know where everything is. I said, damn. Then they did. I said, execute. They was done in like two and a half minutes. And I said, that's a rock star right there. No questions asked. No, For the eight, five foot eight, 80 pound Indian girl to step up and get all five of her teammates to listen to her, do exactly what she said. No one said a peep. That's a savage, bro, because that's really hard for a woman to do. It's really hard for a ninth. Like they were in eighth grade going into ninth grade. She don't know who she is yet. So I pulled her aside. As soon as we did three stations at the end, I called my police officer because I really don't like to talk to women under the age of about 18. Like I just, it's 2021 and you're not getting me caught up on nothing crazy. So I had my police officer come with me, my dude, AJ. And we talked her outside, man. I said, listen, man, you got the potential to be anything you want to be. What do you want to do? She said, I want to be an orthopedic surgeon. Okay. You sure? Yep. So how are your grades? Straight A's. Okay. Boom. So I gave her a card, had her mom reach out to me. I talked to her mom a little bit. They kind of fell off the map a little bit. I ain't worried about it because I got a doctor that I swim with every morning, another Indian female that's an orthopedic surgeon. So... As soon as I get this money collected up, this 40K for her scholarship, then I'll call my policeman. He'll go down to the high school where she at. He'll pull her out of the classroom. I'm going to go get her parents. And I'm going to give her a check for $40,000. Wow. Now, here, here's what I'm really banking on. I'm going to get her a full college scholarship, and then we can use that $40,000 for her to actually be able to live in college and do things yeah. she needs to do yeah. to be successful. No, okay, take, she, know, I, I love the story uh, and I love the story. It, it, it still gets back to a premise that we talk about so much here on the show, right? That, you know, planting acorns under shade in which you will never sit, man, lifting as we climb. So your help, like seeing this potential and wanting to do many of us, if you think about your revolution, and I haven't asked you that question, right? People, you can go back to uh, Jake's first first show to hear his revolution, but you can hear it in his conversation as he talks about how he is in service of others. Dick, I want to ask you this question because it comes, I think it comes full circle, right? And I, hey, it, Chuck, it, real it, quick, not to interrupt you. Did we answer your success? So the success platform is simply only hiring the most successful people. And when you do that non-biasedly, you get diversity. I want to make sure we're clear on that because all the diversity and inclusion toads out there are going to try to come in my neck. And I'm just telling you, like, my 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 judo skills are world class. So you better be ready. <laughs> I mean, I, look, the one thing that I love about Jake's wig is that you're going to get it. You're going to get you're going to get it in your face. And I'm sure that my DEI friends are going to have a lot to say. But I, I understand what you're saying. The, 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 the pushback and we're not even going to go there is around bias. My question for you. Right. And we've had this is that. And this is going to be interesting to hear revolutionaries his take on this, because I, I, I think I know the answer. 
But you talk about people being, whether they're DI, but you talk about people being at a three or a four. Nope. How do, how do you move them to a 10? Or can you move them to a 10? Sure. Listen, everybody in life is born basically into who they are. Okay? You can't take a two and move it much past four. Okay? You can't, you can't take a seven. Like, the higher you get on the scale, the harder it is to move up. Because the 10... He has it. He has the drive, the determination, the smarts, the EQ. He has everything. Okay. Now, tens fail, right? They get ahead of themselves. They get cocky. They don't listen. They, they, they become bigger than themselves. They get away from who they really are. Okay. But this whole notion that, that, that rising tides raise all boats in functionality Ain't happening, bro. Some of them boats is anchored to the ground and they just sink when the tide goes up. Okay. So that goes back to my philosophy on hiring. Like, I'm not hiring you if you're below an eight. I'm not. I don't give a damn what you're doing. The analogy I've been using, man, I don't care if you damn the janitor in my in my building. My, 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 uh, I don't know what you call what the correct term is, but my janitor in my building at University of Illinois is damn near a nine. Complete rock star. Okay, and our building is spotless. Our floors are spotless. Okay, before that we had maybe a two, and it was a shambles. So I don't care what level. I'm not hiring you unless you unless you an eight. And then the other thing I'm gonna put on that, if you're a first round, like so, you talk about generational hiring in a company. If you're in that first round, I'm only hiring tens. Because everybody I hire is going to come in and blow doors off. And then you're going to be like, holy crap, Jake ain't playing around. And I understand this methodology is working. And I can identify what these tens actually look like. And, oh, my God, can we get some more of those? And then down the road, a year or two, now I can hire some nines and some eights. And they're going to come in and be super functional. They may not be your next you know, CEO of your company in 15 to 20 years. But they'll be great branch heads. They'll be great department heads. They may come with some great ideas. But it's a whole cycle, bro. Like everybody talk about, no one understands. Like, like we live in the antithesis of a uh, meritocracy. And that's what everybody can't understand, why they can't get through the diversity and inclusion piece, because they don't understand they're not in a meritocracy. No one gets promoted on their, on their work. They get promoted on their office kind of culture and how people perceive them. And that is why you have all this bias going on in the workplace. And until you until you put something on that bias and you put something on it, that you can't like in my process, you can't be biased because if you try to be biased, you will get your head blown off because it's right there in front of you. I, didn't, I don't have to interpret anything. I just evaluate. And if you try to exhibit bias, I just put an X on you. Boom. You don't get the interview no more. You're out. You don't know how to. You know what? Hey, you don't get to promote nobody anymore either. You're out. Boom. You got an X on you. And what happens? That dude leaves. Great. I get to promote one of my superstars into his position. Keep it moving. So interesting, because I, I, I know my revolutionaries are going to reach out to me and say, like, there's there, there's some... What do I want to say? There, there, there is some um, potential challenge to 
what you're thinking. And as a psychologist, I have to say, like, some of it, I'm like, you said, if I'm, if I'm born into a two, I can't move past a four. Yeah. The, the push might be, well, you sometimes you what you said early in the conversation is that you're pushing people like you, you're putting people into. So you're saying that the people that come to you are always nine, eight, nines and tens. And yeah, I don't talk to anybody below nine. So how do you know? Like, so what are the skills? So if, if people are listening to the show, yep. you're, you're an evaluation, right? Yep. So what differentiates a two, three, four from an eight, nine, or 10? So here's what I'm going to tell you. I just ordered this book called Black Psychology. Mm-hmm. And it's basically understanding people without talking to them. Okay? So, so 93% of our communication right now is a body language. 7% is the verbal language. And a lot of that 7% is in actual uh, tone of voice. Okay? So if I can learn 93% about you, but not speaking to you, why would I ever talk to you? So that you can fill my head with lies and false prophecies about who you are and what you bring to the table. I'd much rather just evaluate you on your body language. So I tell everybody like in my system, and I, I teach everybody, like my whole, my whole athletic department is trained in my system. I'm running our executive leadership academy. I was until I got let go, but I was running our executive leadership academy. I trained everybody. And it's crazy because my guys that I trained three years ago now, be like, Jake, that dude ain't going to work out. Nah, <laughs> nah, he ain't. Okay? So I, if you're listening, like I just implore you to go on my LinkedIn, you know, connect with me, and then just pull up the Dynamic Leadership Discovery Impact Hiring document. Go through it. It's going to take you about three hours. But I'm going to spin you around. Your head's going to be real tired. I'm going to spin you around on your axes because everything you believe about hiring it's just not true. And I, and I say this, Chuck, I'm going to ask you a question, bro. How many times has your best interview, the guy or the female that came in and blew the doors off the interview and was the number one interview that you had, how many times has that person come in and been your number one employee? Mm. I don't know. You know... I, I, I don't know, because I, I, I think about like my number one employees are the people who have worked with me. Yep. I think about Chad Ricardo. Um, and it wasn't like, you know, it, it wasn't like Chad interviewed really well. But yep. Chad, Chad is Chad was and is a, a, a rock star. Like, mm-hmm. right. And you, you saw that you saw that Chad is Chad is a rock star um, because he saw potential. He saw the ability to fail and. He also had empathy. He high, you know, still has, you know, tremendous high EQ, um, and you know has the ability to push, push, push. But is affable, and so I, I think about that ability to endear people to you, but also to have that Teflon where you know when you are a ten or a nine, right? People are going to come for you, right? I think about this because there, there are going to be some people, right? Even if, even as I have ascended in this space, right? And as I, as I even have the ability to ascend even higher with the opportunities that are being presented to me, I see people trying to come for me now. So, so and you, I know you, people come for you. Yeah, I mean, I got a whole hater crew, man. We're going to, I'm trying to get Discovery to let me do a, a hater smash session <laughs> where I, I pay them $5,000 and we get in the octagon and they can experience <laughs> what real life is about. But what I would say to that, Chuck, is when you step back and you think about hiring and 
and what you just said, right? Like your 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 dude that didn't do well in the interview is your best employee. Okay. So therefore, your whole premise that we have to interview is done. Right. I tell people, man, I don't interview anybody. An interview with me is gonna last 30 seconds. Hey, what's up? Boom. Like I might get to one question on my list, and my question ain't nothing different. Okay. I don't ask no real questions. I ask crazy questions. And then that's it. I'm done. I'm gonna make my evaluation in the first 10 seconds. Now where I'm at in life, you might get evaluated, you might get evaluated before I even say hello to you. I've thrown people out of interviews before they even sat down in their chair, okay? Because I know exactly what it looks like. And it ain't what everybody thinks it looks like. So what does right? it look like? What, what does it look like? You know, you, you, I sit down, Jake, how are you? What does it look like? What, so here's the thing. What does it look like when you know that it's not going to work? Uh, I'll give you an example, okay? This is a prime example. So I screen, I don't read resumes anymore. I stopped reading resumes about 15 years ago. Because I think in 2000 with the internet, anybody can have a great resume. So I interview everybody that applies for the job. Now, that interview is going to be real quick. Okay, It might be 10 seconds. Okay, So guys that you know ain't going to make it. I had a guy, Naval Academy grad, failed out of Newt School. So in the early 2000s, when I was working in corporate America, they uh, they were kicking people out of, out of the Navy if you failed out of Newt School. So I, you know, I'm a Naval Academy grad minority. I was like, all right, cool. Let's see what this dude got. So I brought him in for an interview. Deuce, as he was sitting down, he was loosening up his tie. He's ready to go. I see, I see another brother. I said, oh. I said, hey, man. I said, hey, I just got a phone call real quick. I'm going to have to go outside. I'll be right back. Went to HR. So at that point in RGS, like if I, if I, if I, if I said, hey, that dude's not, nah, we gone. Like they would ask him out the door immediately. Like it wasn't, they, he wasn't going to continue with his set of interviews for the day. And so I, I came back and I said, listen, I got to run the state department right now. And I just went to the bathroom. And when I came back, he wasn't in the building. No more. Okay. But that quickly, that dude wasn't about business, right? That dude, that dude wasn't about winning. He wasn't about like success. And then I put on top of that, he failed out of new school. He ain't had no perseverance. He gone. Okay, now let's flip that around. I'm gonna tell yeah, you one flip of my that around. I'm gonna flip that around on one of my best interviews. Okay. Christian RG, you know, I love you. Okay. So I'm gonna tell you about the Christian RG interview. So um I kind of got tasked. I had to interview everybody in my company after the first six months because my dude, my people were killing me. Like everybody I hired was murdering me. Okay. And so I got an interview. Next person on my list is Christian RG. I really did get a call this time. So I'm running out the office. I got to go over to the State Department. And Chris and RG is coming back from the bathroom. I meet her at the, at the front desk. And our set number two HR lady worked the front desk because we were a small company. So she's like, excuse me, are, are you Mr. Schwick? I'm like, yeah. She's like, I'm Chris and RG. I'm your next interview. I said, listen, I'm in a real rush. I said, you ready to go? She was like, what? I'm like, you ready to go? Like, we're going to do this right now? She was like, uh, Sure. I said, what's your favorite class in high school? She was like, calculus. I love calculus. What's the derivative of 2x? She was like, oh, oh. <laughs> Just started balling, bro. 
Like I'm talking about real alligator tears. So I was like, damn, okay, all right. I said, listen, Christian, are you okay? She's like, no, I'm not okay. I said, listen, I got to go to this meet. Okay, can I give you a hug? She was like, I need a hug. So I gave her a big hug. I said, hey, you did great. Talk to you later. Boom, left, okay? So, and this is crazy, right? This is how life works sometimes. You you do what's best and you, you hope for the best results. Sometimes it gets a little crazy. So when I came back in the building, man, HR was there, lawyers were there, my president was there, and they called me in the room and were trying to like yell at me about how I treated this young lady. And so I said, hang on one minute. I went and got uh, the young HR lady that was sitting at the front desk. I brought her in the room. I said, I think they need to hear from you and not me. I said, did I do anything out of the ordinary? She said, no. Did, you, did I do anything aggressive? No. Was I kind and consoling to our interviewee, Christian? She said, absolutely. I said, so these people right here are trying to fire me right now because they think I manhandled her in an interview. And she was like, oh, my God, no. He just asked her the derivative of 2X. That's all he said to her. And then he gave her a hug. He asked if he could give her a hug and gave her a hug. So they were all shook up and they were like, well, clearly you don't want to hire her. I said, wait a minute, who said that? And they were like, you want to hire her? I'm like, absolutely. If she cares enough to cry over the derivative of 2X, what do you think she's going to do when I give her a PowerPoint presentation? Okay, so it, it, everybody kind of calms down, go back to work, no big deal. I come in the morning, I was going to work at 4 a.m. because I was going to football practice at Maryland in the afternoon. And my boss called me in. He's like, you know, Jake, come here. Oh, dude. And he kind of hyped it up a little bit. He's like, read this email. Three-page email from Christian Argy. And it was basically like a large silverback gorilla attacked me in the lobby. I, I, I literally could almost not keep my composure. I was so fearful of my life. I had heard about this individual's reputation. I was like, oh, my God, I'm getting fired. Like, this is the craziest email. Dog, three pages of a romance novel where I was getting ready to cut her head off Japanese style. No lie. And then at the end of the email, in a little short paragraph, she said, I get to come to work with people as challenging as Jake's wig every day at RGS Associates. I cannot wait to come to work there. Okay? That little semblance at the bottom told me everything I already knew. I knew I was going to hire her. I knew she would be phenomenal. I knew everything about her future. But that right there in that sentence told me that that's what a 10 looks like. She knows that it went really bad. She knows that she cried, but she's not worried about all that stuff. She's just worried about the challenges she's going to get when she comes to work for her. Interesting. And we think about that when you are, there's a whole lot to unpack with that, 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 that whole thing. At the end of it was understanding that your hypothesis is that tens will jump into the challenge. Ooh, Chuck. Yeah. Yo, you don't want to hear my sales my sales pitch for tens. <laughs> Just give it to I, me. I, 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 I'm gonna have to be on going live. You know, you know, I got a I got a live a live mouse. So I'm gonna put an MF on this. Okay, I'm gonna say I'm gonna go right to the ten. Hey, MF, you ain't good enough to come over here and do this. And then I'm gonna leave. 
And and anywhere from three days to about two months, that phone was going to ring. Yo, I got your MF. <laughs> I right? got you. I'm coming. Okay, cool. Because tens have to be challenged for them to have a reaction. Because everybody their whole lives has been serving them, catering to them. You're so smart. You're so great. You're so awesome. Oh, my God, you just won a state championship. You're going to the Naval Academy. Yeah, yeah, cool. I ain't worried about my accolades. I'm worried about the next the next mile marker that I got to hit in life. Right. Okay. And, and I got a young man right now that's a rock star. Okay. And that's exactly what I said to him the first time I met him. He's a Division One wrestler, wanted to be a SEAL. I told him exactly out of my mouth, MF, you ain't ready for this life over here. Two months later, that dude came back and dropped the hottest uh, physical training test probably that I've ever seen. Okay, in two months, that dude transformed his whole life and, and just literally attacked the problem because it was him attacking that problem. And that's the difference between tens. Everybody else you can talk to and say, hey, man, listen, we want to bring you on the company. You know, you're going to do a great job. You're an eight. We're going to have you run this, this, this aspect of it over here. They'll be like, wonderful. I can't, I can't wait for the opportunity. But if you come at a 10 like that, they're just going to look at you and keep moving. Okay. It's not people, because it's not challenging enough. It ain't challenging, bro. Tens, tens don't jump. Tens don't jump at three things, right? Like I, I say this a lot. Sheep do not concern or uh, wolves do not concern themselves with the sheep. The thoughts problems. of the sheep. With the thoughts of the sheep. Yeah, they don't yeah. concern themselves. Like I, that's what I was going to tell you, Chuck. Right? The haters are going to come out. Everybody going to say your show sucks. You got crazy people like me on your show, right? But that's what I have. You got to rise above all that stuff. You got to rise above it. You got you. You got to rise. What I realize that even at our age, brother, you know, even at our age, and you know, you know who I have been, right? Mm-hmm. You, we we've been to, look. We've been together for 21, 23 years. Excuse me, nineteen ninety eight. We've been yep. together. We've been friends. We've been confidants, man. We've been brothers. We've been fraternity brothers. We've been all of that. We we know the roads that I have traveled. You know, yep. we've had those conversations. But it's interesting and, now and, that I have and, changed. Wait a minute. I'm going to cut you off. And the hardships that you've traveled. Yes. The hardships, bro. Not just traveled. I'm talking about the car ran out of gas and you pushing it for 20 yeah. miles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The hardships. Look, yeah, yeah. No, and I pre Look, you know, you and your line brother, I got to give a shout out to your line brother, man. Jemani. <laughs> Jermaine. You know what I'm saying? You know, friendship is essential to the soul, man, and it has meant so much. But you have been with me through these hardships. And what I'm really when I talk about this revolution of myself, man, when I when I talk about this transformation of who I am, people are like like, no, that can't be true. Like you ain't you ain't trying to like run like you used to. No, I'm not trying to run like I used to. Right. I'm not because you know what? At this stage of the game. I'm trying to make sure that my legacy, right, is not one where I was trying to chase this all the time, that my legacy is this revolution, that my legacy, right, is this lifting as we climb. My legacy is this. I ain't got time for all that no more, dude. I want to, look, look, I'm trying to look, I'm trying to look. I, I, I may not have the three boys, but I'm trying to have, I'm trying to have that life where, all the noise is not there. And, and it is funny because people come with me like, I knew what you used to be. I know what you used to do. It ain't me. Yeah, see, I tell everybody I'm the same person I was in first grade, homeboy. You want to step outside? 
<laughs> you know, right? look, like, look, like, look. like, like, but here's you know what I'll tell you, Chuck. I live on every day through those I touch. Yeah, there and it is. They live on. There it is. I live on. I live on through who they touch. Yes. Okay. And I do what I do because, like, the legacy I'm leaving at the Naval Academy. Okay. I'm on the blacklist at the Naval Academy because I filed a grievance against the SEALs. That's wonderful. I don't raise the graduation rate from 50% for African-Americans up to like 70% right now in the last 20 years. We killing it at the Naval Academy. Okay. The legacy I'm living is that people get to the Naval Academy, they got a support system now. We got many mentors. All that stuff comes together, but I built it all. Okay. In 2003, I built it all. I don't need no credit for it. I'm not asking for no award. All I'm asking for is that it continues to grow, continues to prosper, and we continue to make wonderful people. That's okay? it. And that's it. Look, as we say here on the show, that's the drop. That's the mic drop, revolutionaries. Look, make sure, where can everybody find you? As you talked about this dynamic leadership on your LinkedIn page, where can people find more information about Jake Twig? I tell everybody, man, if you can't find me, you don't know how to use Google. Period. Like flat Twig. out. Z-W-E-I-G. Jake yeah, man. Twig. Like, like uh, my email and, and phone number out there so much. I tell everybody, if you're interested about learning about real success and actually diversifying your company, reach out. Um, I got a huge package I got together. It's absolutely foolproof. But understand this. It ain't no fleet of hard program. You won't <laughs> have to commit for 11 years. Because I can't change 60 years of your corporate culture in, in a three-minute talk. So you got to be on board for 11 years. We're going to transform how you hire and how you promote. We're going to institute non-biased practices. And your company is going to make a transformation over the next 10 years into something that you couldn't believe was possible. But I guarantee you this, your revenue will reflect the change that you make. Yeah, tell the story, brothers. Revolutionaries. You know, as we continue to celebrate this four years of What's Your Revolution, I get to interview my favorite guests, right? Last week, as I said, it was Oliver Thomas. You get to hear from the, you know, the eloquent, the robust, the savage at times, right? The in-your-face former Navy SEAL, Jake Swig. Make sure you go check him out. Google Jake Swig. You can find out all the information, his talks, his motivation, anything that you need to see. Bruh, you know, you said something to me the other day. I don't, I don't know if I heard you say, I got off the phone. I was like, wait, you told me that you love me, brother. And I was like, yeah, what? I love you too, man. And thank you, Chuck. A, it is a blessing to have you in my life, man, as my friend, my chapter brother, as my son, as we call it in the fret. Um, you know, as we move forward in this space, man, any way that I can help you, you know, I will always be there. As you said that our legacies in this is to make sure that we are touching other people. And so gratitude to you, dear brother. Give, give a shout out to your boys. I love, you know, one of the greatest days of my life was meeting your sons, man, bringing them to the house. Yeah. Yeah. And seeing, look, seeing all of them. And, it, and it, if you know the relationship that Jake and I have, like you said, we've been, th we've been through the wars together and seeing your sons come up, your legacies come up, man. It warmed my heart, brother. So Give, look, give them a hug. Tell Sarah I said hello, brother, and we will talk soon. And, you know, keep your revolution going, bro. Hey, Chuck, man, keep killing it, bro. I want to just tell you, man, you're going you gonna to move the planet, man. And that's the big deal, right? Like your revolution now with the internet, that stuff living on for eternity. Yeah, 200 brother. years from now, Cat going to be watching Charles Corbett 
it's gonna look like it's old grainy stuff and they're gonna be like, damn, this dude's spitting fire, man. It ain't 4K. Keep keep it up, brother. Thank you for the opportunity. No and worries. As always, man, go hard in the paint, bro. Go hard in the paint. <laughs> Don't take a day off. No, no. All right, bro. I'll talk to you. Later. Later. Peace. Later. Peace. 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 Peace.